Welcome to the Mamas in Midlife podcast. I'm your host, Lisa Lewis, and the topic for this week is marriage and sex with Amanda Louder. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I have a great interview for you today. This is with Amanda Louder, who is a certified sex and marriage coach who helps Christian women with their marriage and sex life. I thought that this was a really great topic to touch on, especially for us midlife women. And Amanda has a lot of experience with this topic and with working with women. So I wanted to have her on and have her share with us some of her insights related to this topic. So without further ado, I will turn this over to the podcast interview with Amanda Louder. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me, Lisa. I'm excited to be here. I'm super excited. I I told Amanda, my daughter, um, Mikkel Fillmore, has a podcast on relationship anxiety. And that's how I learned about Amanda because she was on her podcast. And when I heard it, I'm like, I have to have her on my podcast. So <laughs> it's been like, you know, wanting to get her on. And finally, we were able to make arrangements so that could happen. So just to start off, Amanda, could you tell us about you what is your background and a little about how you started coaching and a little bit about your podcast, Live From Love? Sure. So I am a certified life coach and I specialize in helping Christian women with their sex lives. I love to help women who feel like they are never in the mood for sex, learn to really embrace their sexuality and love sex for them as well as help them build their marriage. So that is my passion. That's what I've been doing for um, quite a while now. So I started my coaching practice almost three years ago and actually sex was not the focus of my coaching practice when I first started. So when I started, I really started um, to help women who were struggling in their marriage and contemplating divorce because I had been through a divorce myself. And I really felt passionate about helping these women. But as time went on, I could see that so many of them had, were having issues with their sex lives and that was contributing to the problems in their marriage. And this is something that is near and dear to my heart because it's something that I have been through myself. Um, In my first marriage, sex was not a great great part of our marriage. Um, I really struggled with my sexuality for many, many years. I felt like sex was a chore. It wasn't fun. It was something that I would do for him just to get him off my back every once in a while. I wasn't experiencing orgasms, so it wasn't pleasurable. It just really was not fun. And I kind of went through a sexual awakening after about, we'd been married for about 10 years. Um, I discovered um, some a couple of sisters that were doctors. They were on Oprah one day when she was like on network television back in the day. And she, um, they talked about sex in a completely new and different way than I had ever heard before. I grew up in a home where we didn't talk about sex. It was really hush-hush. And I really didn't know much about it even, even 10 years into my marriage beyond just basic intercourse. I didn't even understand my own anatomy. And so I did a lot of research and started following these two doctors and really began to change the way that I thought about sex. And as I did this, our sex life actually was pleasurable and fun. And we really started to have a much better relationship in that aspect. But unfortunately, the rest of our marriage was really not good. It was an abusive marriage. And through discovering my sexuality, I felt much more empowered in my life. And I finally had the courage to leave. And so when I married my second husband, which he and I have been married for about eight and a half years now, 
Um, I knew that it was going to be an important part of our relationship and we have worked to create an amazing marriage and a great sex life. So I really identified with these women that were struggling. And, um, as I continued coaching, I had done a couple podcasts on sex. They were most, my most downloaded podcasts by far. And then I went on a girl's trip with a bunch of other coaches and we, you know, stayed in a house all together and we were, um, you know, talking about sex as women often do when we get together. <laughs> and by the end of the weekend, they were like, Amanda, you need to coach on sex because we have learned more from you than in this weekend than we have in 15 years of marriage. And that was really scary to me at first to be able to talk really openly about sex up on my podcast and coaching women, putting myself out there as a sex coach seemed really scary. But the more I thought about it, the more I felt like this is what I was actually made to do because it's something I'm, despite my background and despite everything that happened in my, my first marriage, it was actually something I'm very, very comfortable talking about. So being able to talk very boldly about this really important part of a woman's life and a marriage and talking about it in a way that not many other people talk about, especially a woman with Christian values is really different and good. And so I have been able to help so many women create these beautiful marriages and these great sex lives and really embrace who they were created to be a sexual being and help them feel more confident and fulfilled in themselves. And that is truly the best gift in the entire world. So I have this podcast, it's called Live From Love, and it's all about sex and marriage and digging into all of the taboo topics and these constructs that we've been given a lot in the Christian religions about sex and about our identity as sexual beings and really deconstructing those and reconstructing it in a way that is helpful and good and fun and in alignment with our values. So that's just a little bit about me. I guess a little bit more. I live in Salt Lake City with my husband. Um, between the two of us, we have five kids that range in, uh, in age from 12 to 21. And um, we are big um, into nature. We love to go camping, fishing. We have a boat. We love to catch salmon. That's mostly what we catch. And so we have a freezer full of salmon. And then if we're not up in the mountains, we're usually watching our daughter play sports because we have one daughter who is just quite the athlete. And she is, she plays softball, basketball, and volleyball through the school and competitively. So she keeps us pretty busy. <laughs> so fun. Um, I, I love that you're willing to, that you're one, one that's willing to be so bold about this topic because it is one of those topics that, it is kind of the hush hush. We don't talk about this, or that's kind of been how it has been. And yeah. that you're willing to talk about it because I think that it's so needed. That's what helped me with this topic was being being exposed to well to you and to um, Jennifer Finlinson Fife, yes. who is also a you know that teaches about about sex and intimacy and. and Yes. She is one being. of my great mentors. I just, I just love her. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So Amanda, here's one of my questions. Some, some people or some women might think that sex and intimacy is not important later in life. Maybe they might have thoughts like, oh, this is what the younger couples do. So why is sex and intimacy important in our marriages, even as we age? 
sex in midlife is when it gets really good. <laughs> when you're not having to worry, where you're not having to worry about birth control. You're not having to worry about, you know, getting up with babies. You know, there's so many good parts of it when you hit that midlife, but really, you know, it's, Sex is a great bonding tool for couples of any age, whether you're, you know, the young couple or, I mean, sex well into 70s, 80s, 90s, there is no stopping it. Now, there are some, you know, things that come into play with age and stuff that you just have to make accommodations for, but it really is so good and can be so great at bonding a couple at any age, especially in midlife. And it's just about the two of you again. And it's such a great time to reconnect after, you know, your kids are grown or older and get going out of the house, like really enjoy each other and the time that you have together and not have to worry about getting walked in on or something like that. <laughs> like it's so much more fun when it's, when you're not in that younger stage. <laughs> I have someone pounding on the door, huh? <laughs> yes. Yes. Our, I mean, our kids are, you know, I mean, we still have, you know, 12, 13, 16 at home. We have two out of the house, but you know, they know if the door shut, just don't. <laughs> We're not shy about it at all, but they just know, they just know just if the door shut, not, not to even do it. But even like my 18 year old daughter, a couple of years ago, she was you know, probably 16 and she came home one night after being out with her friends and, you know, knocked on the door to let me know that she was home. And I was like, okay, I'll talk to you tomorrow. And she's like, well, I need to talk to you. And I was like, all right, well, it's going to be a minute. <laughs> like, okay. So, you know, we, we finished up and I put my robe on and I walk out into the hallway and she looks at me. She's like, so did you have fun? And I was like, yes, I did. <laughs> they know that it is a good and important part of our marriage. So. Right. Which takes away secrecy, secrecy or any type of shame that could sometimes get associated with it because you are open with it. Yes. With yes. Them. Mm -hmm. Yes, we're totally open talking about it. And not that our kids, you know, want to talk about it all the time, but especially with my oldest two, I have very open dialogues with them quite often about sex and neither one of them are married yet, but you know, they're, you know, dating and in relationships. And, and so, you know, sex is a very important topic that we need to be having these open conversations about. So I love that we do have that open dialogue. Yeah, for sure. That would, I was just thinking that would be a whole nother great topic to do for a podcast is sex related and, and kids and those conversations. Yeah, we could definitely so I might do that. keep you in mind for the future for that one. <laughs> sure. I'd be happy to come back. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, some people may, or some women in midlife may have the thought I'm not as desirable due to my aging body or that the body's changing or my health is changing and I don't desire sex anymore. Or there could be a lot of other thoughts that they have related to sex and intimacy. How do our thoughts impact how we show up related to sex and intimacy? Yeah. So the way that we think is our perception of the world and it creates our reality. So it's very, very powerful. So you need to really think about the reality that you're creating for yourself with the way that you're thinking. 
and question your perception <laughs> because it really might not be accurate. Um, the way that we feel about our life, our spouse, sex, and everything else is a direct reflection of the way that we're thinking about it. So our feelings are also so powerful and they drive everything that we do. And the only reason we do anything is because of how we think it will make us feel or to avoid feeling a certain way. So if you're thinking that sex doesn't matter or that your body is getting in the way of the, of the sex life that you want to have, is that truth or is that maybe because you're scared of something else? So what are you trying to feel or what feelings are you trying to avoid with this way of thinking? Because the truth is most men just love their wives. They don't care about your aging body. They think it's beautiful just the way it is. And it's our own inner dialogue. It's our own insecurities that come into play that keep us from truly enjoying sex and intimacy because of our body. And, you know, health is always a concern as we age. And like I said before, there are definitely accommodations that we sometimes need to make as we age, especially with women going through menopause. A lot of times they experience dryness, a drop in hormones, but working with a doctor or a pelvic floor physical therapist can get, you know, your body working pretty well. And then it's more about your mind. So, you know, something listening to podcasts or talking with a therapist or a coach or something is a really great way to help you work through some of those thoughts that might be holding you back from the life that you actually want to have. This was the, this was the game changer for me related to sex and intimacy in my marriage was realizing that it was my thoughts that were holding me back and my thoughts that were killing desire. Totally. And once I learned that and I started practicing the way I was thinking about it, I was so surprised with how I showed up. It, it definitely just, it changed everything. It does. It does. So many times we don't understand that the way that we are thinking and perceiving is actually keeping us from creating desire rather than we, we, we have this perception that desire for sex is just there or it's not. We look back into the early days of our relationship when there was so much desire, right? But we were creating it even back then. We were just creating it very naturally, not purposefully. And it can, you can still have that same level of desire now. You just have to do it with purpose and intention rather than it happening maybe as naturally as it did back then. But it was created because of the way that you were thinking about your you know, fiance or your boyfriend or your husband or whatever it was at the time, you know, the way that you thought like, oh, he's going to pick me up and he's going to look so good. And what am I going to wear? And we're going to have so much fun and we're going to hold hands. And is he going to kiss me? And, you know, thinking about getting, you know, going, getting married or having sex for the first time or something like all of that was creating all of the desire for you. It wasn't just happening spontaneously. And so now it's a matter of learning how to create it on purpose. And it's all about that creating that fantasy again, because that's what the, that was, was you were fantasizing and creating it on purpose now, that same kind of fantasy so that you can experience those same kinds of feelings. Yeah. And I love that that's a lot of your podcasts do, you know, go into that. And even, I know there's been times I've listened to one of your podcasts on the way home from work and it's like, I can tell my brain gets spinning like, Oh, I'm excited to go home and see my yeah. husband. <laughs> Good. By, like you said, just by listening to something and it gets my thoughts in those places. So that makes so much sense in the part that that plays the huge role it plays actually. 
Well, your brain is your biggest sex organ. So you got to use it. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. So I saw it was back in the fall. You had posted on Instagram about how you and your husband are always touching and engaging with each other with low level affectionate touch. And I wanted you to explain a little bit more about that and why that's important. Yeah. So it's kind of funny from the day that I met him, it's been like almost magnetic. Like I just have to touch him all the time. <laughs> it's and and I mean we've been together for more than 9 years now and it's still the same way. Like I just if we are in the same room, I need to be next to him and I need to touch him and hold his hand or it's just the way that we've always been. But this affectionate touch is the basis of any good sexual relationship. It's the foundation of our intimacy and our connection with our partner. It's a way to signal to them that you care, that you love them, that you want to be near them. And really it's the place to start the sexual encounter really with that low level. Like if you think back again, I know it's a while ago, but to those days when you were dating and engaged and maybe you weren't having sex yet, it was that low level affectionate touch that really drove the arousal that got you to the point where you did want to have sex. So if you're not having that same kind of touch now in your day-to-day life, the sex is probably not going to be happening near as much, but the more that you're touching each other and it doesn't have to be, you know, I mean, it's really not sexual in a lot of ways. It's just that low level holding hands, you know, snuggling in next to each other, a hug, a kiss, you know, it's not like full on makeout. It's just that low level stuff that really signals to your partner, you know, I, I want to be with you. I like touching you. I want to be around you. I love you. It really starts to build that arousal and that connection. Yeah. I, I love that post that you did. And that made a lot of sense to me. So now I'm more, I, I think I'm already pretty touchy. Like, you know, like even my husband's working from home now and I'll walk by and I'll just touch his head or his back as I walk by <laughs> to get whatever it is. And just seeing that post to help remind me of like, okay, yeah, that's important to have that on my mind that I'm yes aware of him in that way. Um, let's see. So what are some of the key components to focus on to improve sex and intimacy in midlife? Yeah. Or so anytime, but we're since anytime. we're talking to midlife women, but yes. yes. So I think the biggest thing here is connection. You know, when you had younger kids, there was probably a lot less connection between the two of you because you're so busy managing, you know, the house and the kids and you know, different responsibilities that you have and work and different things. You're being pulled in lots of different directions. And so now is really the time to re-foster that connection because connection is the beginning of any sexual encounter. It's re- you really need to look at how it is that you and your partner can connect. And again, that begins with the way that you're thinking about things, the way that you're thinking about him, about sex, about your relationship. Are you thinking thoughts that make you feel connected to him? Or are you thinking thoughts that disconnect you from him? Like if you have negative thoughts about your partner, that's probably not going to be very connecting. And of course, that is not going to help you improve your sex life. So you really have to purposely think connecting thoughts. Now, many women feel like their husband is very closed off emotionally. They're not big talkers or, you know, like they, we want to sit down and have these heart to hearts and they're just not really into that. Most of them. 
Okay. But a lot of times we feel like they don't want to connect with us, but we're missing how they are trying to connect with us. So you need to notice in the ways that he is trying to connect, not how you want him to connect. So a lot of times they're, they do want to connect verbally, but it's usually like telling you like that you're hot <laughs> or that something like that, you know, like that's them trying to connect verbally. They, you know, they want to connect when they invite, then they ask you to like sit down and watch the sporting events with them. And while that might not be your favorite thing, like that's him trying to connect with you in a way that is comfortable for him. But the best way that men connect is through their physicality. I want you to think about like, you know, if you had sons or maybe your husband was this way when he was younger, but like, you know, they wrestle and they, you know, my, my husband is the oldest of five boys and he talks all the time about how they just like beat the crap out of each other as kids, but yet they're the best of friends. And, you know, it's all about, you know, the sports and football and stuff like that's usually the best way men know how to connect is with their physicality. So sex is <laughs> them trying to connect with you. And when we refuse, because we're like, well, I need the connection first, you know, I want this from you so that I can give you this, then we're actually shutting down the best way they have to connect with you. So it's not just about the sex, it's about the connection and the intimacy that they really want. Because if the emotional connection that they often feel their emotional connection through sex, like during and after, but if they don't feel like you're in it, if they, if they can sense that, you know, you're just doing it to get you, get the, get you off their back or whatever, you know, it's, then it isn't as fulfilling for them either. And eventually they will disconnect. Hey, it's that connection piece that makes so much sense. And I love how you touched on that, that for them, that physical piece, that is, that is a big connection for them. For most men. Yes, absolutely. So this is really good. I love that you're sharing this information. Um, are there any last thoughts or information that you'd want to share on this topic that you think could be helpful for the mamas in midlife to know? I just think, you know, this is the time for you to really come into your own, to quit worrying about what everybody else is thinking and really decide what you want for yourself. What do you want for your relationship? What do you want for your sex life? This is, can be such a time where you can really feel empowered and be, get really confident so that you can create the life that you actually want. Cause you still got a lot of time left mama. <laughs> <laughs> We, but we say midlife, but that means, I mean, there's still a lot of time left. You got a lot of life yet. So make it good for you. Make it what you want it to be. So really look inward and, and say, you know, what do I want for me? What's going to create this, the best life for me and make it that way. And hopefully your husband and a good sex life is part of that. That's great. So Amanda, before we wrap up, where could women learn more about you and the work that you do? So you can go to my website, amandalauder.com. Um, I'm currently running some group coaching programs. Um, I have groups in both day and evening available so, and they run for 12 weeks. They're absolutely amazing. My clients get such amazing results. I just love it. And we have so much fun. Um, I, you can get on my newsletter on that. And then you'll be, no, you'll get information very first about 
any new groups I'm doing. Um, I'm not sure when this one's going to air, but I have a retreat coming up in February in St. George, Utah, and I'll be doing more retreats. I've, I'm putting together a couple's retreat um, in Utah in Park City this summer. I, that's kind of starting to get in the works and hopefully another women's retreat in the fall. So I, you, you'll be notified when I do that. Um, and you can find me on social media at Amanda Louder Coaching on both Facebook and Instagram. And of course, my podcast called Live From Love. And I'll link all of those in the show notes. Perfect. To say, I love um, seeing some, I've seen some of the testimonials from women that have attended um, Amanda's courses and it's pretty powerful, the work that they've been able to do with you and how much it's changed, you know, their relationships. Yeah, it's, and you know, I mean, I love working with women of all ages, um, but some of the most powerful work that I've done is women who are in that midlife who have struggled with their body, with sex, with feeling pleasure. And, you know, I've had several women who, you know, have been married, you know, 30 plus years and had never had an orgasm. And really it was just not a good part of their marriage. And things have completely transformed after working with me. They're experiencing orgasms and pleasure for the first time and truly connecting with this spou their spouses and what a change, what a gift. And that is some of the most powerful work that I've done. And I just love it so much. I love that you've been able to do that for them because they should be able to experience that pleasure, especially Absolutely. 30 years. Oh. I know, I know, but it really is. It really is so good. And of course, you know, I mean, I work with, you know, these young brides too, who like, yeah. wait, this is not what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh -huh. So we, we get the full range. I actually have a client right now who's 72. So, wow. yeah, it's, so we get, I mean, we get the, you know, 22 year old brand new brides all the way to 72. So, and I love to help them all. So Amanda can work with all ages. <laughs> <laughs> yes, definitely. At least adult women, right? <laughs> yes. Hey, yes. Um, Amanda, thank you so much for being the podcast. I feel like this will be really, really helpful. And I appreciate you taking the time to be with us today. Thanks so much for having me, Lisa. You're welcome. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Amanda Louder. I will link her information in the show notes if you want to connect with her. And I will see you next week on the Mamas and Midlife Podcast.